Hi guys, welcome back to my show, A Beautiful Conversation, where you get to elevate your everyday existence word by word, because the best conversation is the one you have with yourself. So before I start with my word for today, I want to thank you for listening and for following me and for making me a part of your life. It means a lot to me. So today's word, starting with the letter D, is a big one. And for some of you, it might be a difficult one or an easy and a small thing, depending on how you see it. And the word is decision. I'm not sure how this word makes you feel when you hear it. Maybe for you it's normal and kind of a matter-of-fact thing that you do all the time. But maybe for some others, it makes them cringe or feel uneasy. But what I'd like to do is to kind of uncover where this uneasiness comes from and then uh, do my best from my experience to make the decision process much easier, especially if you're someone who finds it a challenge. So when I was researching this topic, I realized that there are so many different angles to this process of making decisions, although the actual act of making a decision is simple enough. But first, let's see what the dictionary has to say about it. So there are two definitions that I found to be the most relevant. Number one is a choice that you make about something after thinking about several different possibilities. And number two is something that you choose, as in a choice that you make. So there are a few angles that I want to approach this concept of making decisions. The first angle is knowing what drives you to make a certain decision. 99% of our decisions stem from our desires, which can be seen as either push or pull factors. And there is no middle fence to sit on here because not deciding is choosing not to decide. So what motivates you to make a decision or a choice? What motivates you to change yourself? And yes, the word choice is synonymous with the word decision. A desire in this context is defined as a strong feeling that you want something. And I like one of the synonyms for the word desire, which is hunger. So you hunger for something such that it consumes you. And this could be a hunger for anything or even a person. An experience, uh, an object, a lifestyle, a hunger to be a better person, anything. So only you know what motivates you. It's either something within you or something external. And usually when it comes from within, it tends to be more lasting. But even if motivation comes from your external environment, that's okay too. For example, you want to emulate a person that you admire maybe for their personality or their business acumen. And there's nothing wrong with that, especially if you feel it's going to make you a better person. Only you can define what's better for you because this is your life. In fact, according to behavioral psychology, modeling is one of the fastest ways to change and learn. So I've been teaching a course to the students in the school that my parents have been running for a few years now. And one of the videos I show them is about modeling, which can go either way. 
So either you choose to copy someone that you admire or you allow yourself to be brainwashed by others who may not necessarily have your best interests at heart. So ultimately, it's you choosing to learn from someone and that choice is always yours. The other angle to decision making that I want to mention briefly is our habits. Because our habits are also decisions that we made at one time that then became hardwired in our neural architecture. So we don't have to think about them, but we do them every day. And our brain is a highly efficient organ in the way it processes information. So habits kind of save us energy and then they free up our brain to absorb other information. And even choosing to believe in a certain way is also a habit. And we make these decisions all the time, every day, from the moment we wake up to when we go to bed. If you think about it, even brushing your teeth was once a decision that you made that then became a habit that you no longer think about. So you just wake up and then you probably shuffle over to the bathroom and then you brush your teeth all while your mind is churning out thousands of thoughts about what you should do next or ruminating on what you did yesterday or what to have for breakfast or your to-do list for the day. So there is a neural pathway that was created just for brushing your teeth. And once it was sort of imprinted, it no, you no longer have to pay attention to that particular task. I mean, have you ever really thought about or wondered if you should brush your teeth or not? I seriously doubt it. So we've been conditioned to believe that this is good for us. Yet there are people or even whole cultures that consider it optional. Or maybe they've discovered better ways to clean their teeth. So I'm not advocating that you should stop brushing your teeth suddenly. Just stop and consider all the beliefs that you think are true and which ones actually empower you. Of course, when it comes to breaking a habit or replacing it with a different one, we have to go in the sort of the reverse direction. So we have to go back to becoming consciously aware of what our action is and then stop it, whether it's biting your nails or getting over substance addictions. One of the keys I feel to changing unhealthy habits is to first stop judging yourself for doing it. Sometimes we accept judgment from well-meaning people who love us. However, like I spoke about in my first episode on acceptance, showing acceptance and compassion first is the best thing we can do to help either ourselves or anyone else that we love. And also change happens much faster once we accept and have compassion for ourselves. And then naturally from there it stands to others. So let's talk about what prevents you from making a decision. And there are a few factors, but one of the keys I feel is doubt or, or self-doubt. And the biggest doubt you have is doubting yourself. And I understand because I've experienced this. In fact, I think every single person experiences doubt in some form or the other. So it's okay and it's normal. And I want to emphasize that it's okay and it's normal because the more you tell yourself that it's normal, you'll be less likely to let doubt stop you from doing what you want. Even the most successful people in the world today experience doubt in some form or the other and they still do what they want. 
So you can make doubt your friend and then take it along with you for the ride of your life, literally. A huge part of eliminating self-doubt comes from learning to trust your own voice. For so long, we've been conditioned to accept other opinions on how to live our life, which is not wrong in itself. But what happens is when we start trusting other voices more than we trust our own, is when we give away our own power. So think about when you were a kid and someone asked you what you wanted to be when you grew up, or what you wanted to do when you grew up. And you probably just said whatever came to your mind. Because as kids, we naturally trusted our instincts until we were conditioned to not trust them so much. So this is why I, al I always think that we can learn so much from kids. I also want to clarify that deciding to take advice from someone because you feel it's the best decision for your own life is not the same as passively accepting what someone else tells you. <clears throat> I'm emphasizing this because sometimes when we passively accept what someone else tells us and if something goes wrong, we end up blaming that person and thereby losing our own power over the situation. So it's always, always your choice. And I found that when I want something, I'm somehow guided to making the right decisions and following paths that lead to what I want. Not that I'm perfect in any way. So to take an example, when it comes to nutrition, we hear so many different conflicting views. Like I've heard opposing views on whether eggs were good for you or whether they're harmful or whether wheatgrass or kale is the best thing for you. And as nutritious as these are, it's possible that they might not be the best for you. Sometimes with all the scientific information out there, you might actually get confused. And the only way to know what's good for you is by trying it out and testing it on your body. And in the process, you learn to trust your, your own body. So I have my beliefs about foods that are good for me, but they may not work for you. And that's okay. Actually, one of my strongest beliefs that I hold is that I'm always in perfect health no matter what. And I believe it's having this belief as my foundation that guides me to choosing foods or exercises or activities that are good for me. And you can try this out for yourself too. And then stay open to how things can happen for you. The other part of eliminating doubt when it comes to decision-making is to have the bigger picture in mind. Sometimes we get tunnel vision when it comes to our work or personal life, or we procrastinate over making the decision, not realizing that not making that decision is also a decision. So I found that having the bigger picture in mind can help us. So when you know what the outcome looks like, there's less pressure on each individual decision. And then for me, I add in this belief that since this is my life and I'm here to experience it, I can't really go wrong. So the concept that I mentioned in my previous episode on completion is about having the end in mind, having that final vision, the result of how you want it to be, and then being open to how it can happen for you. Sometimes we try to micromanage every last detail. And again, that's okay if it, if it makes you feel good. But if it's going to stress you out, then don't. 
I'm sure there have been times in your life when you've taken a, a decision that you felt wasn't the right one, but somehow it led you to the right place in ways that you didn't even think of. Or maybe it led you to meeting a person who was just right for you. I've come to believe that there are no wrong decisions. There is just learning and doing and tweaking as you go along. And if you're someone who labels yourself as indecisive because it, re it really is just a label, it might be helpful for you to understand that learning to make a decision is a learnable skill, which anyone can learn. The first step is to peel off that label of calling yourself indecisive and then replace it with the label of saying that you are a decisive person. And then just start practicing it. When you face moments where you can't decide, remember your new label and then just take a decision. Start small and build on it. It'll be uncomfortable at first, but that's normal. And then keep the bigger picture in mind of who you want to be and then be that person right now. I discovered something interesting, that a synonym for the word decision is persistence, which is what is required once we make a decision, right? Persistence is simply sticking to something until you get it, whether that's your business or relationship. Another trend I discovered is that some of the wealthiest people in the world today don't have a plan B. There is just a plan A. And then they have this unwavering confidence that they will get what they want. So when you start trusting yourself, you'll develop that same confidence. The last point I want to make here is that a belief is also a, a decision. You can choose to believe in something or not. The decision is always yours. You don't have to accept anything that you don't want to. And if you do, then you take responsibility for your own choices because you're the boss of your own life. So I'd love to hear what you think or any challenges that you face when making decisions or even your own process for how you've mastered decision making. So please leave a line in the comments. And of course, if you want coaching in any area of your life to make a few simple mental shifts, so please leave a comment on how I can best connect with you. And as always, have a beautiful day ahead and I'm looking forward to our next episode together.